You're listening to Tech Talk Daily. We interview the visionaries behind today's best tech startups. Get insights and advice from entrepreneurs that have experienced the tech scene firsthand. Visit us at techtalkcast.com. We're here today with Igor from Airpair, a startup that matches you with software developers so you can get help with your projects. Igor, would you like to explain a bit more about Airpair? Absolutely. Thank you uh, for having me and uh, thank you for talking, letting me talk a little bit about Airpair. Uh, we are a one-year-old startup. We recently went through Y Combinator and what we do is we connect uh, developers who need help with experts who can solve those problems in a very short amount of time. So you come to our platform, uh, you tell us the problem that you're trying to solve and you get paired with someone who has solved the same problem before. Uh, you uh, get to video chat with this expert, you get to share your screen, and you get to get the expert to either guide you and help you solve the problem yourself, or you can also let the expert uh, remotely control your computer and solve the problem for you. And is this used for teaching or is it mostly used for experienced developers? We have a, a, a wide variety of use cases and the most common use case is, hey, I'm trying to build something and I have a very clear idea of what it needs to do, but it's not working. I have quickly discovered that I cannot uh, do this myself. And, uh, you know, uh, the options that people have at that point are to either spend a lot of time researching on Stack Overflow or other uh, sources on the web or to pay someone. And, and the pay alternative, unfortunately, often involves uh, putting together a contract and, and hiring a consultant. And so Airpair fits that niche where, you know, a problem is just complex enough that you can't fix it very quickly just from reading someone's answer on Stack Overflow. Uh, but yet it doesn't require a seven-day engagement with someone. It can be done in maybe like 30 minutes with someone who has done this before. Okay, and what do your prices start at? Uh, excuse me, I couldn't understand the question. Where do your prices start? What, what price range? Uh, the price, the cheapest price is uh, $60, but it is a marketplace. Uh, so $60 per hour, you know, you get someone who is uh, really excited about just getting started on Airpair. And, you know, it doesn't mean that they're not knowledgeable. It just means that they're probably not the most experienced and the most uh, frequently used expert on Airpair. And then you get people who are, you know, uh, people who have studied frameworks and open source projects or who are PhDs or have some other distinguished credentials. And they go for a size $300 power oh wow and do you get people earning a full-time income from airpair uh not yet uh we don't have anyone yet who's so to speak quit their job and has replaced their full-time income with just airpair income uh but i will say that we have people who have told us that airpair makes a significant dent in their uh income so uh you know folks who work with us several times a day come to us and tell us you know wow like you know if this keeps working out like you know i might actually end up uh working with you guys as my full-time source of income so we're not there yet but we're growing quickly and i think i'll be able to uh ping you when that when that happens yeah that'd be awesome um so why are you doing this you know, uh, we have all started companies before, both me and my co-founder, and uh, you know, we, we, we have experienced these problems before. Uh, I recall very, very clearly uh, a couple of years ago, I was in charge of, uh, of a company that was trying to do a turnaround. We, we were a leader in our niche on the web, but suddenly we had to be a leader in that same niche with mobile apps. 
And the team that I had put together at that time was really, really brilliant, but had no mobile app experience. So we went through a, a very difficult phase of trying to level up. And, you know, I, I just remember so many times just struggling with, you know, memory problems and so all sorts of types of problems that we had never, uh, you know, had to work on before. So we were simply out of our depth, you know. It just wasn't the right type of uh, level of knowledge that we had in our team. And we just needed someone to help us out, like, on an occasional basis. Um, I know that my co-founder had similar issues. You know, they were switching tech stacks. And uh, you very often are faced with a team that's a, a really good group of developers, but is trying to adapt to a new set of challenges. And, and that's where, like, occasional bursts of outside help can really help you uh, just shorten the amount of pain that you have to go through. Yeah, absolutely. I can definitely see a use case for it. I've been stuck on code so many times. Um, I'm actually really new to coding and I've just started learning Swift. And uh, it's unbelievable the amount of times I've been stuck making an API call or something. Uh, let, me, let, me, let me tell you something about Swift, actually. Really interesting that you mentioned that. And by the way, I actually just earlier today, I published a post basically saying that if you're a junior developer, Swift is a, the way I called it, is a twice in a decade opportunity for junior developers. Uh, and, you know, the, the post is on AirPair and you can read it if you, and we can go into it if you want. But really, the important thing here is that we have teamed up with uh, a course provider called One Month. And uh, the course provider is teaching people how to build an app and then see AirPair provides the one-on-one -on -one mentorship as needed, which comes as a part of your admission to one month's course. So you have an instructor who teaches you how to build an app and then out of outside of the class, you, you also have a certain amount of time you can connect with AirPair mentors who can help you if you get stuck with like making API calls or something like that. So, so you're seeing like an increasing variety of use cases for AirPair. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Um, so, you were you were talking about the Swift blog post. Um, yeah. That you wrote. Um, so, could you? Uh, yeah, I'll put a link at the bottom of the uh, transcript to that blog post. Actually, that'd be best, so we could show the um, the the listeners if that's yeah, okay. Absolutely. Awesome. Okay. Um, so, what's been the most challenging part of um, AirPair so far? You know, interestingly, we, we very quickly uh, hit the product market fit. In, in my previous entrepreneurial experience, the product market fit, namely the understanding that users love what you have and, and you're building exactly the right product, like, you know, that's usually been the hardest part. In this case, AirPair has basically had the product market fit from probably from day one. Um, but so, like, with that aside, like, you know, having not encountered that problem, we've actually definitely struggled with uh, putting together the right team and having like, you know, that like, you know, grade A level of, uh, you know, just people who are willing to go with you very far, who are not only interested in just, you know, making a quick buck and just getting overpaid and getting like, you know, incentivized in wrong ways, but just having like, you know, the right team of people who are willing to work with you for a number of years in making this the biggest company that it can be. Um, Finding finding that special chemistry, like you know, the type of people you want to come to the office just because they're there, not because you have something to do, just because you want to spend a Sunday with them, uh, that has been really really hard, but also very uh, fulfilling. And you know, I'm sure that that's the same type of a challenge that a lot of other people experience when they're putting together teams. You know, making sure to, sure that the culture fit is there and, and defining what exactly we are working on and, and making sure that everyone's coordinated. Yeah, when when interviewing startups, actually, that problem comes up a lot. The fact that it's hard for 
for startups to um, kind of find talent, which is surprising because there is a lot of talent available. It's just whether they actually fit into the company and whether they'll be dedicated to the cause, if you like. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, you have people who are at various stages of their career, and it's not enough just to look for skills. If, if you just gave people, like, let's say, if there was like an amazing test that actually could determine if you if you know your if you have technical chops to to fix the problem or to like get something done, then that still wouldn't be enough because you might be at a point where you you have the wrong incentives. You, you're just trying to make this your last startup. You, you're not looking to learn. You're just looking to cash out or something. And you know, really, when building a company, you just have to go into this with the understanding that this is going to be a very very long journey, and you have to have other incentives other than uh, um, you know, monetary because inevitably, uh, thank God, Airpair has been having mostly smooth sailing, but inevitably things are going to get difficult. And it's really like what happens in those difficult times uh, that, that really matters. Like, you know, how many people are going to stick together and how many people are going to continue working, even if it seems like the irrational choice to do when everybody else is throwing money at you and asking you to come and join somebody else that's like the new flashy thing. Like how many of the people you've recruited do you get to keep in those times? That's, that's what recruiting is all about. Yeah, yeah. It's a very difficult environment at the moment as well. Um, so what stage are you guys at right now? What is the most recent news you have for us? Uh, user, user, I'm sorry, did you ask how many users do we have or how many experts do we have or what was the oh, question? Oh no, uh, so what stage are you guys at right now? What is the most recent news that you have? Oh, news, my apologies. So uh, we, uh, a couple of months ago, we finished Y Combinator and we raised a seed round uh, of roughly just over $1 million. Uh, so we were able to, uh, you know, take that capital and uh, basically deploy it in building a company and building a team. Uh, as you can tell, I'm, I'm very focused right now in my thinking about team and culture and, and building the company around the product. Yeah, I can uh, definitely see that. <laughs> Yeah, um, so the team is busy now with uh, a major redesign of the site. You know, if you go to some of our blog posts, we have uh, blogged very extensively about the fact that when we were working on AirPair, we, we really wanted to do what we, what we looked at as the uh, minimum viable product. And, and the minimum viable product uh, has probably surpassed its lifetime now, right? Because, you know, we have proven the product market fit. We have proven that we can generate value for our users and that we can generate revenue for the company. And, you know, we have now, you know, also like, you know, uh, gotten and attracted some investment as well. So at this point, it's about uh, getting away from the minimum viable product that we've had now for, a, for quite a long time and putting on like a facelift and the new set of features that are going to make us look like the top of the company that we are. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm going to bring you back to your YC days now. So a few months back when you made your application to YC. And they asked you a question there that I'm going to repeat. It's, tell us about a time you hacked a system to your advantage. Oh, yeah. Uh, so there, there are various different uh, good and wrong answers uh, to that question. But really, uh, uh, the, the best that I can say is, uh, you know, back in the day, in, in the early stages of my career, um, you know, I was, uh, at a, at a, I was at a university and, you know, me and my uh, 
ex-co-founder were looking to basically get healthy and, and to, um, you know, sort of like lose weight. To be quite frank, I, I wasn't very fit at all times in my life. And, uh, you know, being being engineers, we thought that calorie counting was the only way that made sense to us, you know, like kind of like Time, you really couldn't actually find anything that was, uh, you know, appropriate. It was all like the Jenny Craig and, you know, like all the e-diets times when you were counting carbs and, and you weren't really looking at it from an energy perspective. So what we did is uh, we went to the USDA website and downloaded all of uh, their uh, nutritional label information that they had, which was like thousands and thousands and thousands of foods. And we put this together as a, as a, in form of a web service that we were able to then use and just count out our own calories. Uh, it was very simple, was simply like, you know, we were grabbing the calorie information from the nutritional labels and we were just simply adding that information in, in form of a very simple web form. Um, we published it online and, and we used it for a couple of months and the unexpected outcome of that hack was that other people started using this as well. It wasn't a protected site or anything. It was just something that we were using and posting publicly. Um, well, other people started using it and, you know, long story short, um, maybe like six or seven years later, we found ourselves with, uh, with, with an acquisition offer and you know, we were in New York and handed over the keys of the company to the New York Times and I guess it all worked out really, really well. Uh, but it all started as a result of really trying to find a way to lose weight and sounds like we lost weight and, and you know, gained yeah. some other advantages as well. Uh, yeah, that's amazing. So it, it all started out trying to lose weight and it turned into an acquisition offer. Now, yeah. that, is, that is a story. Uh, yeah, so it, the the company's still around. Actually, it's got more than six million members, and uh, you know, I, calorie counting ended up sticking around. Uh, it turned out to have like some pretty good, uh, you know, like uh, ways of like just like stimulating uh, accountability, and and a lot of people who have tried it walked away basically reporting that they are much more familiar with what's in the foods, and they are no longer buying into this you know, myth that if you just eat a lot of this and not a lot of that and whatever, at, at the end of the day, it's, you know, you got to draw the line under your numbers and just basically figure out if you've eaten too much or not. That's really what it comes down to. So um, I'm going to ask you a bit more of a quirky question. What are three apps that you live with every day and one app that you've deleted? Okay, uh, so the apps that I live with absolutely every day, what, number one is Toggle. Uh, Toggle, if you haven't heard of it, allows you to track your time. And, you know, you would think that that would be only an app that's used by consultants, but at AppPair, we actually like to track what uh, we spend our time with. And uh, we find it very, very beneficial to, at the end of the week, figure out if you've actually made the right decisions or not. Uh, the second tool that we use is Trello. So uh, at AirPair, everybody makes up their own week. Everybody figures out what they want to do. And the way it happens is you put together your cards at the beginning of the week. And at the end of the week, you just tell the rest of the team what you've done. We find this to be a very good way of uh, finding a good mixture between you know, accountability at the same time also giving people the freedom to do what they think is the right thing to do. And the third thing is Evernote. I, I use Evernote practically every single day, many, many, many times a day. Uh, all, of, all of my writing happens in Evernote and it might be just uh, something that I'm used to. I'm sure there might be even better tools out there, but I find it to work really well for me. I, I get to work on it on my mobile phone. I get to work on it at work and uh, I, I like the app a lot. 
the app that I have deleted is uh, a to-do organizer called Things. Uh, it used to be a very popular app long time ago. It, it's how I used to organize myself before I discovered Trello. And you know, Trello just had a better you know team uh, integration and, and sharing functionality, and that's why I switched. Okay, um, and what was the second one you mentioned? I, I I didn't hear it. Was it was it? Did you say Trello? The one? Yeah. You just How, yeah. Second one is Trello. Ah, okay, Trello. I'm just gonna write that down. Um, okay. Um, and yeah, so it's T T R E L L O. Yeah, I've got the website up now. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, okay, and who do you look up to? Uh, people I look up to are basically uh, thought leaders in uh, Silicon Valley who welcomed me here when I when I first arrived. Uh, I, I came here uh, about a year and a half ago. I was living in New York for uh, throughout my late twenties and early thirties, and then when I when I showed up here, um, me and my wife really didn't know many people. So I just simply reached out to uh, bloggers who you know whose blogs had been reading for a long time, and you know to my amazement. Um, I think this, I don't know if this is true because I've never tried it in New York, but I don't believe that in New York this would have been as likely to happen. Uh, in Silicon Valley, essentially, uh, six out of six people I reached out to basically responded. And I'm now still in very, very uh, frequent touch with about three of them. Uh, basically, type of people who you'd think that would never have the time to meet with someone who they've never met before. And really, all it was is, hey, I read your blog every day. I find what you write fascinating. I'm here in Silicon Valley. I'm looking for something new, interesting to do. Um, would you have a few minutes to meet with me for coffee? And, and you know, getting responses from every single one of them, meeting with the majority of them, and, and being in maybe like weekly touch with three of them is, I think, fascinating. And those are the role, the types of people that I would look up to because they know a lot of stuff, but they're also happy to share it and to see other people succeed. And, and I'd really like to be able to pay back at some point in my in my future. Okay, and um, I want, did any of these people tell you about? Um, no, sorry. Um, what is your your favorite book? I was going to ask. I was actually going to ask. What, did any of these people suggest a book to you, or um, or have they written a book? But I think it's better to ask what your favorite book is. Yeah, of course. Uh, I, I like reading uh, anything from Tim Ferriss. Uh, I've become a big fan. Ah, the Four Hour Work Week. That that's it, and uh, you know, I, I think there's more to reading uh, Tim Ferriss than just how to become how to form a lifestyle business. I just think that it's the out-of-the-box thinking that instantly, you know, captivates you and, and, and makes you, like, inspires you to form your own path. Uh, like, just like the famous Steve Jobs quote that, you know, uh, the, one of the biggest illusions in life is that there are all these walls around you and that you have to live your life a certain way and that that's all obviously BS. Um, so I think people like Tim Ferriss have been able to really take that quote and then write, write a book on how to actually destroy those walls around you and, and I really enjoy that yeah I think um, what Tim Ferriss does he, he actually gives you kind of uh, practical feedback almost or uh, practical advice on what to do and how to do it which I find really fascinating because a lot of um, writers are really like, kind of philosophical or theoretical um, whereas he's really practical in the way he kind of um, approaches situations Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's all about like, you know, seeing what he, has worked for him and other people and then basically forming your own path based on that information. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, absolutely. So, what is your favourite quote or story that you, you either you've you've heard or that you've experienced? Okay, um, I, I do. I do want to mention that the Steve Jobs quote is probably my favorite quote. So, so I'll kind of like finagle my way out of that one by saying, like you know, uh, the 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 illusion of balls around you, and and that you know you're not supposed to be doing exactly what everybody else is doing. You can if you'd like to, but you don't really have to. Uh, in terms of my favorite stories, um, you know, I'm. I'm uh, close friends with two of the founders uh, from Instacart, and I'm not exactly sure if, uh, if Instacart is, is big in, in Europe, uh, but it's actually a very massive business here on the West Coast. Uh, what they do is they allow you to uh, just simply order anything you want from a grocery store, and it arrives at your doorstep for a very small uh, you know, fee. So it's basically Uber for grocery delivery. and. Uh, you know what's what's fascinating is just uh, seeing how this idea materialized uh, in in those people's minds and and how they managed to pull it off. So, you know the way that Instacart got into Y Combinator. This is a, a well-known story, but I'll still mention it just in case somebody hasn't heard it. Uh, they got rejected many, many, many times, and you know they uh, were told that you know they might have a good idea, but they were too late for this batch, and you know all of those excuses. And uh, that didn't stop them. Like you know, the, the team of three founders just simply found a way to show the product because that's what they really believed in. If they, they believed that you know telling someone about, about your product is is all just words, but actually touching and feeling someone and benefiting from having experienced the service would actually really change everyone's minds and and they were right like they simply uh sent a delivery of beer to Y Combinator, to, to Gary Tan, to uh, the YC partner at Y Combinator, without much explanation, just simply leaving a note, this is from Instacart, hope you enjoy the beer, or something along those lines, I'm paraphrasing. And uh, yeah, I mean, Gary Tan just was like, wow, what is this, you know? And uh, uh, I guess the two takeaways are, number one, and, and these takeaways I've heard from the Instacart founders. Number one, apparently Gary Tan likes beer, so it was a good way to uh, get into his heart. Uh, and number two, uh, yeah, like if you get a no, then don't take it as a no. You really have to forge your own path, and uh, you know people will respect if you actually continue pushing for yourself. Like you know, so so never stop. Uh, obviously, like you know, there might be a point at which you have to stop, but try to go as far as you can and, and really make your own path. Um, yeah, it's really good that you actually um, said that because I was going to go on and ask um, what's your one piece of advice to startups out there? Um, but you've already given it, which is great. Um, so thank you for that. Um, what is your pet hate? So what do you really hate? What do I hate? Like, would you say what I hate in the startup world or what I hate in my personal life? Like, can just give me some more guidance there, please. <laughs> okay, so um, give us both. What, one in your personal life and one in the startup life sure um so let's start with the startup life um you know i what's 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 really unfortunate about startups is that um there is just uh this perception that you know all these people are successful at all times and uh there's probably a fair amount of uh uh you know how should I say, like just uh, jealousy maybe, like, you know, when somebody in your close uh, circle of friends makes it. Um, 
but the reality is uh, practically everyone who's successful has had a big price to pay. And, and that's like, you know, the dark side of Silicon Valley that we don't get to talk a lot about. We, we get to talk, we are starting to get to talk about depression that is definitely taking shape in one form or another in, in, in most entrepreneurs' minds at some point in their career. But what we don't talk about at all is the social price that we pay. And, you know, anybody who has gotten anything accomplished in, um, in, in tech and, and across the country, across the world, has probably had to stay up late at night, has probably not managed to spend as much time with their, you know, friends and, you know, loved ones and you know it's really something that needs to be mentioned that you know it's a it's a very tough path and it will come at a cost and i personally what i what i don't like about startups is that it's taken me away from people who i love and people who i would like to be close with and and who i'm having hard times to be close with because you know uh the lack of time is definitely you know going to make it very difficult no matter who you're dealing with uh thankfully you know before i get everybody too depressed here um <laughs> i am happily married and my wife is very supportive and you know I'm, I'm very glad that i was able to make it work but i see it in my own life that it's a constant struggle it's something that i have to be very conscious of and it's something that all my friends are experiencing regardless if they talk about it or not so you know here's something that i was able to come up with that definitely sort of like intersects both my professional life as well as my personal life and 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 i think it's something we should be all talking a little bit more about so it's all about keeping that balance isn't it well um i'm not even sure that you can keep a balance and, and that really is what i hate about this like you know uh I, I i don't believe that at least i i personally haven't found a way to find a work-life balance in an early stage of a startup because you know the reality is it's a pretty efficient you know marketplace out there and as soon as you start like you know uh echoing and projecting and hustling and telling everybody about your idea it's fair game for anybody to get into the same market and do the same thing you're doing and the only thing will save you is to move faster than anyone else so, you know, if you're looking for work-life balance, startups may not be the right thing for you. Now for quiz time. Okay, so now we're going to go on to a quiz. It's a technology quiz, and it's three questions, and it's all about technology industry. No pressure. It's only a bit of fun. Um, so, uh, when you're ready. I'm scared, but I'm ready. <laughs> okay, so um, what two entrepreneurs set up Andresine Horowitz? Uh, I, I understood entrepreneurs and Andreessen Horowitz. Can you just repeat the first part of the question, please? Um, yeah. What two entrepreneurs? Oh, to- yeah. Yeah, of course. Uh, so it's uh, Ben Horowitz and it's uh, Andreessen, and I'm trying Mark Andreessen, of course. Yeah, yeah. Correct. Mark Andreessen and Horowitz. Who invented the internet? Who invented the internet? So it was uh, in Switzerland in the, uh, in the in a Swiss research lab, and it was oh gosh, he's a sir, and I am trying to remember. He actually recently talked about the semantic web, and uh, oh gosh, Web 3.0 is what he talked about. Was it Bernay? Oh, sorry, I, I, yeah, I can't. Yeah, you're near. You're near. You're close. Uh, I, I, I don't believe I'll remember his name at the end, even though I've read it like a million times. Help me out with that one. Tim Bernard-Lee. Tim Bernard-Lee, that's right. And, and, and he's a sir. I did remember all these things, but his name just escaped me. Okay, what's the recent, um, uh, the most recent computer that IBM has created that 
does natural language processing and has been on an episode of Jeopardy? <laughs> um, so I'm not going to be able to answer that one correctly. I think, I think at one point, um, IBM created a computer that was called something with blue, but that's all I can recall on this topic, unfortunately. Well, it was even close. It, it was Watson. Watson. Oh, shit. I actually do remember that now. See, here's, here's another thing I hate about startups. You don't get a chance to read about anything anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so true. I mean, you don't get a lot of time, do you? Yeah, so uh, I'm glad this wasn't an interview because I would have miserably failed it. Oh, gosh. Oh, no, you did really well. No, it was great, honestly. Ma maybe I can get on an air pair with one of our experts and get some help there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, try and get some help with the interview. No, honestly, you did really well. You've offered some great insights. So thank you very much for that. Okay. Um, and that, that's, that's kind of the end of the interview. It would be awesome if you could spread the word about uh, Tech Talk. The website's techtalkcast.com. Um, and sign up yourself if you like as well. Absolutely. We'll definitely tell my friends and everybody I know. Wicked. Thank you very much. And I'll keep you informed and I'll tell you when it's um, uploaded to the podcast. Awesome, and I'll let you know when we get the first expert to make a full-time living off of AirPair. Yeah, great. Okay, we've got a deal there. Alrighty, sounds good. Thanks. Thanks, Igor. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Tech Talk Daily. Visit us now at techtalkcast.com. 